you and I must be caught up in mercy. And how do we then define this mercy that Jesus is talking about? Extending undeserved blessing, withholding deserved penalty. Extending undeserved mercy, extending undeserved mercy, withholding deserved penalty. Here's the other thing about mercy. It extends kindness to the needy, even though, you know, we find it difficult to show kindness and sometimes we withdraw kindness when we discover that the one we are helping caused his or her own problem. We often withdraw kindness when we find out that the one who we are helping created the problem, that they actually are the reason for the problem, that they cause their own problem, that's when we withdraw our kindness. I used to work at Street Church on Hastings and Maine, and uh, there's a pastor there called Randy Barnston, and Randy would feed the poor and the homeless and the homosexual and the uh, shelterless and the drug addict and the prostitute, and many would come and say, you're just enabling them. You just allow them to come and you feed them uh, you're enabling them. They, they they go from soup kitchen to soup kitchen to soup kitchen. They, they shouldn't stop their drug habits. Why are they uh, using their welfare money to take on drugs? And Randy's uh, response was always that I'm not here to figure out whether they are here because they are the cause or they're not the cause. I'm here because I'm called to show mercy. I'm not saying that there's a blanket statement. I'm saying that we usually fall on the side of well you better get out of this I, I'm willing to help you show you mercy if there is a place for that but I'm just saying mercy extends kindness to the needy regardless of the reason here's the third thing this was kind of new to me mercy involves risk loss of time loss of money loss of reputation mercy involves risk loss of time loss of money loss of reputation mercy involves risk loss of money loss of time loss of reputation god knows why the man was beaten up by the bandits and left on the streets in luke chapter 10 maybe he wasn't beaten up by bandits maybe he got into a fight and he got beaten maybe he had robbed somebody and the guys found him and beat him up we don't know why he was lying there by the side of the road and the Levite comes and the priest come. And both of them pass by only because to show mercy would have cost them something. To show mercy would have cost them time or would have cost a loss of um, purity because if he touched the man, he would be unclean. And so because of the loss of time or the loss of reputation or the loss of money, people passed him by. But one man, the Samaritan stopped. And he lost his time, he lost his money. But that is mercy. Half the time we don't stop. I mean, uh, did you see that uh, video by the UBC professor? He was being beaten up by a guy, nobody stopped. 
So on the video, you see him being beaten up, but no, no one stopped. No one stopped. No, no one's intervening to help. And will I? Will you? I don't know, man. Because it'll cost us time and money and a whole lot of complications. What a world we live in, and what a world we are becoming. And what are, what kind of people are we becoming? Keep our noses clean. I pray God that he gives us some time before he tests us on this. I remember this was a day after I became a Christian. I've wrapped up my Bible in newspaper because I don't want anyone to know that I'm reading the Bible. And I'm sitting in this train and I'm reading and there's this really, really poor beggar. Like he's so poor, he's hardly got a loincloth on and he's dirty and he's sitting near the toilet and in those days toilets in Indian trains in the unreserved compartment were filthy and they wouldn't allow him to sit anywhere else he would only he was sitting at the toilet and I'm reading this Bible and I'm, I'm, I've got pakoras and stuff like that and I'm eating and as I'm reading the Bible I'm looking at this guy and the verses seem to kind of contradict what I'm reading and where he's sitting just didn't make sense and I'm only one day old in uh, this thing and uh, I couldn't sit there anymore man so I get up and I'm thinking to myself you go anywhere and sit near to him and this whole compartment is going to look at you funny scorn or think who does he pretend he is and so I put the Bible away took my pakoras and I went and sat next to him by the toilet and started um, giving him food and in uh, the language that we were of that province I started telling him Jesus loves you Jesus loves you and this guy starts weeping and it's an open compartment in the sense the doors are the the um, uh, not open compartment uh, the, the doors are open you, so we are sitting by the steps now and I'm uh, he's taking my food and he's crying and uh, I felt so awkward because I know everybody was watching and then after he finished eating I went back and sat down uh, where I was sitting and I could still see him and then the strangest thing happens, man. Um, I look up again, and the man is gone. He didn't jump off the train. He couldn't have gone to the other compartment because it was blocked. It wasn't a through thingy. This is the first day after I was born again, and I'm thinking, of gosh, Lord. And then as I'm reading, I come across a scripture. Some have entertained angels without knowing. That's such a strange scripture to come across. It, was hard. it stuck with me. That was more than 28 or 29 years ago. Mercy, I pray God that we don't get so used to Christianity that mercy begins becomes something we do once a year when we feed someone soup. That this week we get opportunities. If I'm not willing to extend mercy, it's because I fail to recognize my own spiritual poverty. It's because I, my heart doesn't really grieve for anybody else. And it's because I'm not very interested in them enjoying uh, God's kindness to them. Those are usually the reasons I don't, I don't, that's, a, that's usually why we don't extend mercy. One, because we forget our spiritual poverty because our hearts really don't grieve for someone else who's not doing well 
and 3. I'm not particularly interested in someone else enjoying God's delight or kindness. If it happens, let it happen through me. If it doesn't happen, that's fine too. So I'm not here to say Franklin Graham is right or wrong in critiquing homosexuals and stuff like that. But I'm saying that for every statement of truth that we make, may we also make a statement that shows mercy, which he may be doing. I'm not here to uh, start a firestorm or critique things, but maybe maybe do both. Maybe. We don't extend mercy because I fail to recognize my own spiritual poverty. I have no grief for the plight of Jerusalem. Jesus, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to collect you like a chicken collect, like a hen collects its chicks. And if you only knew the peace I had for you. There was grief, there was lament, there was mourning. Blessed are those that mourn. I don't have uh, grief over the plight of Jerusalem. And I'm disinterested in seeing others enjoy a right relationship with God. The very thing we were talking about. I'm disinterested in seeing others enjoy a right relationship with God. It's not one of my chief interests. Guys, it's a pharisaical spirit. And boy, do we come under it every so often. Boy, do I come under it every so often. It is a pharisaical spirit that offers worship but holds back mercy. It's a pharisaical spirit that offers worship but holds back mercy. Jesus said when they would not show mercy to a man who was crippled, Jesus said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Matthew 9.13. Let me go finish. Here's a beautiful thing. When you and I walk in mercy, it becomes easier to recognize, receive, and relate to God as our faithful and merciful high priest. When you walk in mercy, it becomes easier to recognize, receive, and relate to God as your faithful and merciful high priest. Hebrews 2.17 says that. Hebrews 2.17 says, but we have a faithful and merciful high priest. But here's the thing, guys. There's a scripture in Psalm 18, verse 25 and 26, where it says, to the merciful, I show myself merciful. To the pure, I show myself pure. You know what happens when you begin to live out a certain quality? You begin to see God that way towards you. Psalm 18, verse 25 and 26. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With the blameless, you show yourself blameless. With the pure, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you show yourself tortuous. As in, the one who is crooked cannot figure you out. That's what the message says. That when a man is crooked, he can't figure you out. But when he is pure, he is able to see you as pure. When he is merciful, he receives you and sees you, recognizes you as merciful. 
sometimes when you have messed up and you sin, why is it so hard to go back to God and receive forgiveness? Because sometimes we have refused to show others forgiveness and we cannot relate to this high priest of ours as faithful and merciful. Order. When you have done something impure, it is very hard to relate to a God who is pure because of the impurity that you walk in. And then you crave and you ask forgiveness and you sing songs and you do penance and oh, it's such a pain. Show mercy and you will see how quickly you receive mercy. Odd how this works. In an odd way, no, I won't say that. Last line. Go to First uh, Peter two nine and ten. First Peter two nine and ten. When we begin to show mercy, we become a royal priesthood, who becomes who become faithful and merciful here on earth. Faithful and merciful priests we become. First Peter two nine. First Peter two nine. And 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We know that. Now listen to verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. If you want to be a royal priesthood, as in a priest of God here on earth, two things that are required of a priest, faithfulness and mercy. This is something the priests did, eh? Shedding the blood of bull after bull after bull after goat after goat after goat after turtle dove after turtle dove after turtle dove. Why? So that the mercy of God may fall upon those that had sinned. And now we don't need to do that because Christ has shed his blood once and for all. But there is still the requirement as a people who have received mercy to continue showing mercy if you want to be the royal priesthood of God here on earth. Blessed are the merciful for they shall be shown mercy. What do you mean, Jacob? That Betty, next time you do something that is wrong, I will not, I will withhold your deserved penalty and instead I will give you undeserved blessing. Next time, Jillian, that you mess up. I'll spend all the time I need, all the money that I need, everything I need, even lose my reputation so that you may be restored. And when God says he does that, you know how he does that? Through people who will do that. That's the beauty of it. People will go out of their way to do for you what God wants to do. You show mercy and uh, uh, God will... Uh, I don't like using the word karma because it's a Hindu term. But there is a scripture which says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. What you sow, you will reap. You sow mercy. Mercy will come down in waves like a deluge, like a flood. It will come down on you. And it will come down through people, through institutions, 
through governments, through kings here on earth. Why? Because the governing influence of the king of the universe alters, shapes, directs the affairs of men. And it comes towards you. I pray God, guys, that this week you and I get opportunities to do this. May you be like the Samaritan. I want to end with that song. Um, My chains are gone, I'm set free. Just sing that song and end. And as you do, would you please try and ask God, Father, could you do these two things for me? Give me a desire for right relationship and help me to be someone who shows mercy. Let's just ask for that. I can't do it for you. I can't even do it for myself. It's just a sheer work of the Spirit of God. Just ask this for yourself. It can be world transforming, as in your little world transforming. When there are 70 people, then there's 70 little worlds transforming. Let's just ask for that.